0: Hey everyone, Bob WP and we are back with Do The Woo, episode 108, I have Noel returning, yes, it's always a good sign when I have a new co-host and they come back the second time, so <laughs> I'm, I, this is promising, so it's great to see you Noel. Hey
1: everyone, good to see you too Bob.
0: Yeah. How, how are things going for you? Are you keeping busy with WooCommerce projects? I, I heard somebody tell me one time, boy, um, Noelle's just seems to be really busy these days.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I've been working on this um, WooCommerce site for this fabric store in the UK with advanced filter functionality and so on and so on. And that's, I think we're like a couple of weeks away from wrapping up the project. And know it goes like towards the end of the project it gets intense and it's all yeah it's everything you know you got to put everything that you've got you got to put it into the project and but it's it's awesome it's probably my favorite build of my eight-year career so super wow. excited
0: cool yeah I'm thinking fabric yeah that that would be quite challenging probably lots of different fabric well wow. I'm um, All righty. Well, yeah, maybe sometime we'll just have to talk about that, that particular one, have you on one of the other um, um, events and talk about that, because that sounds interesting. Well, um, before we get into the guests, I'd just like to thank our sponsors. We have our community sponsor, PayPal. Uh, They have their PayPal commerce platform. And one of the things that your clients can be rest assured of fraud protection with seller protection that helps to avoid chargebacks, reversals, fees, and even customer disputes. So that's just one benefit. They have everything streamlined in this new commerce platform. So you can go to paypal.com forward slash business forward slash solutions. And then, of course, we are adding our pod friends. We have uh, some new pod friends that are stepping up to the table. First one, Nexus. You know them. Manage WooCommerce hosting. Uh, head on over to... GoNexus.net forward slash do the Woo. Uh, they have a 14-day free trial, the hosting built by experts and enthusiasts who've touched thousands of sites like yours and your clients. So definitely check that out. And lastly, Woo funnels. If your clients are looking to create optimized sales funnels using WooCommerce, they have some great tools. They also have a CRM that lets you create bod- broadcasts and automated workflows with unlimited contacts. So check out BuildWooFunnels.com. Always appreciate my sponsors. They keep food on my table and the electricity going for I can do this podcast. So 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 very happy to have them on board. And I am happy to have our guests. I mean, this is this is one of those subjects: accessibility. What can you say? It's it's there, it's important. Everybody talks about it. We had somebody talking about it a few weeks ago, Beth Hannon. Wanna dive into a little bit more on WooCommerce and especially around the auditing uh, accessibility for websites. And I'm I'm happy to have Amber Hines here today. Welcome, Amber.
2: Thanks, Bob. Happy to be here.
0: Amber does a lot. And she, um, uh, from what I understand, she does do the Woo. and that's typically what we have people come on this show because they do the woo to some level or other, not maybe building sites with hundreds or thousands of fabrics, but they do it in their own way. So how do you do the Woo Amber?
2: Yeah. So, um, my original starting out and we still do a little bit of it as we're transitioning into exclusively accessibility is we do build WooCommerce websites for clients. Um, Mostly, I would say they're small business or like artisan crafters that we've worked with, although we've dabbled a little bit in the the, I've got 30K products range, which is a whole different version of WooCommerce. Um, So we do a little bit of site building, but lately we're doing a lot more on the accessibility auditing side of WooCommerce websites.
0: Cool. So how did you get into the WordPress space and WooCommerce? Did it just come naturally or is it like something you um, were driven to do or by osmosis?
2: My So my very first WordPress site was my own like mommy blog a long time ago. <laughs> I almost don't want to say how many years now. <laughs> um, and then I, I'm trying to think of what my first WooCommerce website was. It It might have been for, so we lived on Nantucket and I built a website for a, like a vacation crib rental business where they rented cribs and baby gear to people. Mm, And that was, I think the first WooCommerce website that I ever built. Wow. Um, so it was mostly like, I had a client say they needed something and I was trying to figure out what can I do? And of course that was, that was a long time ago. That might've been like version one or something. (laughs) (laughs) WooCommerce.
0: How did you get to where you are today? What, what does the journey look like in a nutshell?
2: So, uh, I started in 2010 blogging on wordpress.com and I was just doing it myself. And then I realized that I wanted more ability to control CSS and HTML and things like that. I didn't even know PHP at that point in time. Uh, so relatively quickly in 2010, I switched over to self-hosted. And and then towards the end of 2010, that was when I had a friend say, hey, can you help me with a site? Um, and and that one, the, the crib rental business was one of the first websites, I'm pretty sure I charged like $300 for it because I didn't know what to charge
1: someone. (laughs) We've all been there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, around 2016. So I sort of like freelance kind of part time was with my kids. And then around 2016, my husband and I were talking about our life goals. And we realized that we wanted to travel and do more. um, And his job, he only got two weeks vacation. And so we said, Hey, maybe this website thing can actually be a real business. And so. We rebranded and he joined the business Um, and then we have grown um, to, we were, Roadwork Creative is our parent company and then last year we really decided to focus more on the accessibility. We've been doing accessibility work since 2016 and so we created Equalize Digital is our accessibility brand and that's really the direction that we're moving in because we really feel
1: drawn to the accessibility side. So um, for those for those who might not be too who are curious about accessibility but are not too familiar, maybe they've read about it somewhere. Can you like in your words describe, you know, like the basic concept of what makes a website accessible? Like what does accessibility mean to you?
2: So accessibility means a website that can be used by anyone and everyone, regardless of how they interact with the web with a computer um, or the web. And the short of it is, is that not everyone uses a traditional mouse and keyboard. So there are people who have visual impairments, they use what are called screen readers, which read out the text to them. Um, And they typically will use a standard keyboard to interact. Um, But I actually was listening to there's a really fabulous podcast called accessibility rules. And they're doing a series where they just talk with people with disabilities. Um, And, and it's like short little segments. Usually they're like 10 minutes or less. And they just say, what is your disability? How do you use the web and what works best for you? And, and one of the ones that I was listening to, just this week that it was fabulous, was a, a person talking about how he's blind, but he also is missing several fingers and he has some challenges with his hands. So he actually uses a Darcy um, keyboard, which uses Morse code. So he taps that out. I didn't
1: even know that existed. Yes.
2: So he does sh- like short shorts and longs in order to do letters. And that's how he types and he moves around and he can also use like a space bar. Um, but that's the easiest way for him to move through the web. So you need a website that can work for somebody who may not be using the the typical devices that um, we might think of for interacting with the website. And that's what accessibility is. Oh, I think that's a very good explanation. Thank you.
1: So for people who, no understanding what accessibility is, and they want to, and they want to get started. I mean, for me, it's been on my radar for a while, um, and I always seem to be super busy with projects and not have a lot of time to, to study, but I will soon. And it's one of the things I want to get into deeper, um, more for the function of having my clients benefit from it, you know, and helping make the web a better place for everyone and trying to contribute to that. Um, so what would you say, like, if people want to take some first steps or some basics, like the first basic I learned, for example, is contrast. What are some, what are some other like basics that are not too hard to understand that are maybe low hanging fruit?
2: Mm -hmm. So in addition to color contrast, which, um, is actually the number one error on the top 1 million websites, um, is color contrast, so that is a great one to hit, and it's almost every website has it. I think it's like 88% of websites have color contrast issues. Uh, other ones that a lot of people understand is adding alternative text to images, um, and in, a, in an e-commerce store, I think one thing that's really important to think about is that you really want to um, explain So there's a couple of different kinds of images you can have. You can have a decorative image, which it's correct to not have alternative text. And that's something like a border or perhaps an icon that doesn't do anything. Um, You can have functional images where they're linked. And then you have images. So on your e-commerce store, if you're thinking of your product images, it's not enough to just say, like, dress, So let's say you're selling clothing and you have a woman's clothing archive and you have dresses and you can go to this category and see all the dresses on your site. You wouldn't want the image to say dress because a blind or visually impaired person wouldn't be able to tell the difference between all the dresses that are on that page. And why would they choose dress A versus dress B? So you do actually want to describe in your product description what that product is um, or how it's different on in enough detail on the alt um, for the archive. So this is something some people have said, well, if I just put image of dress, but they can go down to the product details section and get the information like it's short sleeve. It has, you know, a long skirt and it has a, a, it's black. Right. But the problem is, is that most of your customers may not enter onto an individual product page. They're going to enter onto an archive page And um, as a result, they need to know when they're on the archive page, why would they go view the individual product page for the first dress versus the second dress? So that's where you really do want to make sure that your, um, your alt descriptions are really descriptive of what the product is uh, so that they can know, oh, okay, this one has short sleeves, this one is black, or this one you know, is, is a casual dress versus a really formal dress. So those sorts of things. Um, So alt text, I feel like, is something a lot of people understand from the SEO perspective. But you also want to think about, like, adding those descriptors that would really describe to someone who is shopping and can't see um, what the product is. Uh, Another thing that people that we see as a common mistake, especially in, unfortunately, if you purchase a WordPress theme out of the box and you just install it and you don't change things, is the heading order. Mm -hmm. So headings are supposed to be used in an outline format. There should only be one heading one on a page. And then below that, you would go heading two, heading two. And then if you have sub items under heading two, there'd be heading threes. But we frequently see very, like, especially on home pages, I don't know what it is. But people, there'll be like rogue, like heading fives or heading, because somebody just wanted to make it smaller.
1: Yes. I've seen that as well.
2: Yeah, so your headings need to be used in correct outline format because people, again, this is a way that people who cannot see and they're on a screen reader can very quickly jump to the information they need. They could just use a keyboard shortcut to say, so if you're using the NVDA screen reader, you could just press two and it would read out all the heading twos on a page. Well, if you've skipped heading two and you only have heading three or heading four, they might press two, and 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 it will say there are no heading twos, and they'll think there are no headings on this page, and they might not even bother to try three or four, and then they'll have no way of knowing that they could quickly jump to a certain section on the page. Um, so that's another area that can dramatically improve um, people's ability to navigate a website um, or to get to different things like the product details section or things like that. Um, Which the headings in WooCommerce on the product pages by default are in the correct order. Um, but we've seen some really custom WooCommerce websites where someone has rebuilt like they've rebuilt their product pages with Gutenberg or they've done something like that and or they've like removed they didn't like that it said details in the details tag, right? And so they've removed that heading. But then what happens is, is there's no way for a visually impaired person to jump there. So I feel like those three things are probably some of the easiest to wrap your mind around and to easily like fix on your site. Um, and maybe the last one is your links. Uh, I don't know how many e-commerce sites necessarily have off-site links or links to other places as much as you might see on different like service-based websites. But for sure, you want to make sure that the anchor tag... Is descriptive of where the link is going, so you don't ever want to say "click here" um, or uh, because people don't know. You have to make sure that if they only hear the link alone without any surrounding text, they actually know where that link goes. So, so you'd want to say, you know, instead of saying "to view our refund policy, click here" and linking "click here," you just link "view our refund policy" as the text that you would link. Um, and then you'd want to make sure on your archive pages, if you are displaying the buy now button or the view product details or more information that um, there's typically hidden screen reader text so that it would say, um, instead of just saying "Buy now, it would say "Buy product name now to someone on a screen reader. So they would actually know what that uh-huh. "Buy now link was in comparison to another "Buy now link.
0: I was just going to say, I've been um, slapped on the wrist on those links because years ago, I remember somebody came to me, and even back then, somebody that was in accessibility said, You know, these click here links are horrible, Bob. So I started actually just pulling text out instead of like, Go, go check out the plugin, da 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 da. And I'd highlight that and make the link because I thought, well, that kind of says it right there rather than end it and then say, you know, visit mm-hmm. it or whatever. And yeah. And, and it's the only other thing. And I, I I want Noel to ask her question, but it's interesting. The other two, the um, alt tags and the headings is something we learned about SEO in WordPress. Mm-hmm. And I over time again, I was told, you know, these are play critical parts in accessibility. And, you know, hopefully some people got trained, obviously, from what you said, especially with the headings, people weren't, but they were trained kind of to think that way for SEO. So, you know, it's just interesting how they're almost side by side, those two particular ones, because those are something that's been pushed and pushed off and on about SEO over the years.
2: I I feel like those are helpful because it does help SEO. So that's another thing. If you're like an agency and you're building WooCommerce websites for clients and you're trying to figure out how to convince them that accessibility is important, um, a lot of accessibility fixes help SEO. And it's not just because it can help your website rank better, but also because if a website is usable, people are more likely to stay on it and engage. So you'll see a lower bounce rate. Um, I think I read a study out of the UK that said that um, people with disabilities or um, especially like blind or visual impairments, over 78% said that if they come to a website and they immediately realize like there's no skip links present and they can't really navigate it very easily, they just leave. They don't even try and they'll just find a competitor to purchase the product from. Um, And so that's really a strong reason to think about accessibility, um, because it, it can help, you know, obviously it's the right thing to do, but it can also really have positive
1: impacts for the business. So how many people would you say that? Because, um, I've started having conversations with my clients about accessibility and, and actually today I, you know, I sent a link to your website and to the tool and said, you know, with a redesign, we really need to talk about accessibility. And then, of course, the first question is, what is accessibility? I'm now talking to somebody from the marketing department. So I, I send a bit of information, um, but often it's not it's not clear to them why they should kick because they will say, oh, but those few people that, you know, that are blind, that may visit our website, is it worth all the resources and all the effort? But the stats are a lot it's a lot higher than that, right? Like they think it's a few, but it's actually more.
2: It, it is. Um, so, well, one thing to think about is accessibility. We talk a lot about, about blind people, um, but there's a lot of accessibility features that help people that have other disabilities other than um, blindness. So um, people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Um, another thing that's really big is uh, even, that we don't maybe think of, but dyslexia. Um, like the kind of fonts that you use could make it hard for people to read your content on your website if they are dyslexic. Um, Or um, another thing too to think about is if you have anyone who is a second language learner, if you want your website to translate better, then a lot of accessibility features actually make it more easily translatable if they're going to use you know, a, a browser tool to quickly convert your website to Spanish or something like that. Um, so there's, there's, it's really a broad spectrum of people. The elderly frequently benefit from accessibility. Uh, and, and here in the United States, I know the CDC says that one in four adults are disabled. And, um, I don't remember the exact amount, but I feel like the last number I saw for disposable income for disabled Americans was $490 billion. Wow. So, so if you have to, so if you're a, if your customer wants to make money and you say, if you could increase your pop, your customer base, your target base by 25%, or you could tap into this $490 billion. Don't you want to do that? Right? Like, um, I feel like there is definitely a business case and as much as some accessibility professionals might like to say, like, just do it because it's right. Like, the reality is, is when you're talking to clients, you have to talk about what the business case is. Um, and and there is a very large audience and a very wide range of people. I mean, I benefit from captions on videos. When I'm laying with my 15-month-old trying to get her to go to sleep, I sometimes want to look at my phone, but I can't have sound, you know? Um, So there are a lot of ways that the accessibility features help everyone.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was just going to comment on that because it is accessibility beyond just disability. I I mean, I remember back when I was doing the podcast before this and in the early days, I had somebody on from accessibility. I can't remember where they they ran a company or they had a nonprofit organization and they kind of they said, oh, we see you don't have uh, transcripts because I just didn't have them you know, the investment in time and resources. And they said, "Let we'd like to provide the transcripts for ours. And I said, cool. Well, yeah, it's like, that's really, I mean, from there on in, I just felt like I looked at it and I thought, I need to do this. You know, I need, need to, to figure out a way. Yeah. So I, I moved to them from then forward. But I did think through the fact that, okay, how many people are not able to listen to it because, you know, of hearing? And I I didn't really think about the numbers. I just thought, man, you know, if I'm getting just a few people, that kind of isn't right. I mean, and it's not just a do good thing. It's just, it should, they should be able to listen. And then of course I thought of the people that like me, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I actually read show notes and skim over them more than I do the podcast. And I do it just because it's my learning style and how I, you know, how I'm comfortable with. So, so that's interesting. And it's, I think it is something that, you know, in e-commerce, whatever you, you got to look at, there are people that just it's a roadblock and you know, that's what really made me and why I continue to do, you know, captions. I try to do everything I can because it's just, it makes it accessible in a lot of different ways.
2: I think the thing too, that uh, it it was interesting. I um, had the opportunity to hear someone speak who work was working on accessibility on Chrysler's website. And one of the original comments that they got like higher up was, well, we sell cars. A blind person doesn't need to buy a car. Why would they, like, why does our website need to be accessible to blind people, right? But the, the thing is, is that, yes, the blind person will not be driving the car. However, there are plenty of families where the head of household or the person who is most interested in cars might be blind and maybe their spouse is driving them around, but they're the one who actually cares what the vehicle is and how fuel efficient it is and what all the features are, right? So they might do all the research mm. and and make the buying decision, even if they're not the actual driver of the, the vehicle, right? And so that's the thing where you have to think, like, even if you think my product can't be used by this person, like, they may still be, the, or they might be buying your product as a gift for someone. Yeah. Um, whether or not they're going to use it themselves. You know, headphones. (laughs) A deaf person might still need to buy headphones for someone else in their family.
0: Hey, Bob WP here. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, PayPal, with their new commerce platform that streamlines your client's business with an all-in-one solution. Now, when you add this to your client's shop, their customers can pay with their PayPal account, They can choose pay later options, use credit and debit cards, and country-specific local payment methods. In addition, their subscription plans allow your clients to offer their customers plans with fixed or quantity pricing, the ability to set billing cycles for the time period they want, and yes, offer subscriptions with discounted trial periods. Now, as a builder, You want to bring confidence to your clients. And that is important when it comes to the payment gateway. So your clients can be rest assured with fraud protection, seller protection, global compliance standards, and the trusted brand of PayPal that sells in over 200 markets and accepts over 100 currencies. Now, you'll want to check this out. So go ahead and head on over to paypal.com forward slash business Learn about their commerce platform and see how it can benefit your clients and make you look good. So thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor at Do The Woo. And now back to the conversation.
1: So when you compare um, e-commerce websites with non-e-commerce websites, are there specific issues that you see popping up that one versus the other? Does, does e-commerce, woocommerce have its unique problems when it comes to accessibility?
2: Um, I don't know that I would say, I mean, with e-commerce websites just in general, obviously there's the extra added problem of you have a user journey that involves a customer being able to log in and have a dashboard where they can view their purchases or their interactions, they have to be able to update their credit card information. Um, So there are some special issues that require extra testing. Um, We sometimes see more use of pop ups on e commerce websites. And these aren't necessarily sometimes they're the pop ups you think of that's like, It pops up, join my email list, get 15% off, that sort of thing. But what I'm thinking more of is like interaction, like user targeted pop-ups. So where you might be able to do a quick view of a product, Mm -hmm. you're on an archive page, you click on, you could either go to that product single page, or you can click on it and it would have a pop-up open that has more product details and then the add to cart button. Um, or like selections on there in order to select product details with the add to cart button. Um, so, so there's a lot more of that kind of user interaction stuff that can cause more problems or make it harder f- and for people to use. And that's not to say that you can't have those features, but, but it does require a lot more attention to detail when you're trying to make them accessible, um, So so that kind of stuff tends to happen more on e-commerce sites than on a traditional brochure website where they're just going and reading about services um, and there's not as much user interaction. Um, And then, of course, as I was mentioning, like you have to test your account page and your add to cart page. Um, The other thing that is relevant to think about, too, is that accessibility does have an impact or it does correlate a lot with privacy. And if you are required to be PCI compliant, that means that you have specific regulations with regards to how you store credit card data or accept credit card data. And if your form is not accessible, whether it's the one where they update their credit card or in the final checkout process, if there is a mistake in that or the fields aren't properly labeled, they could someone could accidentally enter their credit card number in a field that is not actually Set So let's say you're using Stripe. You use the Stripe field. It goes to Stripe. It's not saved in your database. It's all super secure. You don't have to worry about it. But if you've made custom modifications to your WooCommerce checkout page, you might have the Stripe fields, but you also have some other fields. And if they're not properly labeled, somebody could be confused because they can't see. Their screen reader doesn't read them the right information. They could accidentally enter their credit card number in a field that does save in your database. And now you've got all of their credit card details in your in your WordPress database, and that's that's a real problem for liability because if you get hacked and their credit card details are found, then you could be liable for that. Wow! So that's another thing I think that like e-commerce stores or anyone who has any sort of privacy or they collect PII that they really need to be aware of is that accessibility not done well could impact. Um how private your user's data is kept. Hmm. Wow.
0: That's interesting. I never thought of that because of all the custom fields you might put on for, you know, yeah. additional information and you don't have any parameters around there to say, oh, this isn't an email or something like that, or, you know, the field isn't correctly um input. So wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I never thought of that.
2: Yeah, and WooCommerce out of the box is not a problem with, but we see that more when people use add-ons to, like, add their own fields if they don't fully understand, like, what they're doing. Um, And sometimes it's because the plugin isn't coded well, but sometimes it's also because the user made a decision with how they were going to modify the fields or add the fields in, and so it ends up breaking um, that or making it opening up for potential accessibility problems.
0: Let's touch a little bit on audits, you know, um, and I, I know you have a plug in too. And to me, it seems like you just, you know, I mean, you could go and and, but Noel talked about, you know, how do the first steps, what you should look at and some of this stuff, you could look at it and you could read about it and you could think about it. And, you know, your perspective may be wrong because you're thinking, oh, is this, you know, is the contrast good enough? Hmm, I don't know. You know, I mean, you, you could have it in your head that, yeah, I need to deal with this. So the importance, especially for probably smaller stores that are just starting people that are trying to get things in place. um, Talk a little bit about what your plugin does and the importance of these audits and kind of how they work.
2: We, so our plugin is called accessibility checker. There's a free version on wordpress.org. Although WooCommerce does require our pro version. Um, And The goal of our plugin, it's not what some people may have heard of accessibility overlays, which is something that typically you add a line of JavaScript, and then it adds something on the front end that will try to modify and fix your website for you. And they're pretty controversial. Um, Our plugin is not one of those. So I always like to sort of preface that. Our plugin is an auditing or testing tool. Um, A really great parallel is a little bit like what Yoast does for SEO. Our plugin does for accessibility. So if you you install our plugin, it can do full site scanning and there's a section where you can get a full report of all the issues everywhere on your site. But what's really useful about it is on any individual post or page or WooCommerce product, if you have the pro version of the plugin, you can see while you are editing that product the results of the scan on that product, so it will tell you if you're missing alt on images. We have color contrast warnings. Um, it will tell you about there's like 40 different things. You know that heading order that we talked about, uh, ambiguous links, um, all all kinds of different things. We even have a little bit of a check for like low quality alternative text. Um, it can't get completely accurate, um, but it shows the report right there on the edit screen for the product, for example, or the post or the page, and you can then see here's all the problems, you can try and fix them, and then the idea is, is that you're going to get all of it to zero errors, zero warnings, um, and then and that really is a good way to get started if you're not sure what should I look for, because it will automatically look for some things for you, and, and then we have a lot of help documentation to help people with um, actually fixing those problems. Uh, what is important to note with accessibility testing is that automated tools, depending upon who you ask, can catch between 30 and 50% of errors on a website. Uh, there are some problems that really do just require a human being to look at them. So one example was we were talking about the alternative text on dresses, uh, and our plugin, if you had alternative text there, um, as long as you didn't have certain things like image of, it it wouldn't flag necessarily a warning that we think it's low quality, because we don't really know, we can't tell what the what the image is of. So we can't really tell how accurate it is. So if it's filled in, it also wouldn't give you the error of it being empty. So that kind of thing, like judging the accuracy, would still require a human to look at the product and be like, does this accurately describe what the product is. Um, so that's one example of manual testing. The other things that require manual testing is um, basically what you would want to do is you would go want to go to the front end of any page on your website. And there are two things that you want to do. The first is you want to try and navigate your website completely with a keyboard only. So that would be typically using the tab key to tab through your website. Every time you tab, it should show you where you are visibly focused on the page. And the tab is only going to jump to interactive elements like links and buttons. Um, It won't, you know, jump to a paragraph. So you shouldn't expect to see that, but you should expect to see in an obvious way. Typically it's like an outline border, or if it's a button, it might change color to be the same color that you see if you were to hover over it with a mouse. Uh, So you want to tab through your entire page from top to bottom and make sure that the entire way You never lose focus. If you ever hit tab and you're like, whoa, I have no idea where I went, then that means there's a problem on the page. Um, You want to make sure that you have skip links available and those should be the first thing that, that happen when you hit tab. You should see something pop up that says Maybe it would say like skip to main navigation or skip to main content, skip to footer, depending upon what they are. By default, you only have to have a skip to main content that allows people to skip the navigation so they don't have to tab through every item in your navigation menu on every page. But it is nice to also have skipping to the navigation and skipping to the footer. Um, You don't have to have those again. You just want to have the main content. Um, but it is nice to have more. Um, so you want to make sure you can move through everything. And then you also want to make sure you can complete a purchase uh, with your keyboard only and no mouse. So that would mean going to a product page, choosing whatever items. If it's a variable product, I highly recommend testing a variable product, choosing whatever variations you need, and then choosing the number. Can you increase it from one to two or whatever that might be? And then hitting add to cart then can you get to the cart page? Can you view the cart? Can you add a coupon code? Um, can you use the shipping calculator only with your keyboard? Test all of those things. Then you go to checkout, and then you want to see if you can fully check out using only your keyboard. So that's the first thing you would do. And and then the second thing that you would do after you do keyboard testing, you make sure you're focused and it all works, is you would want to run a screen reader, there. If you have a Mac, Macs have voiceover on them. You can enable that in the accessibility settings on your Mac and it will turn on voiceover. Voiceover has a, once you turn it on for the first time, you can even use a tutorial that teaches you how to use it in case that's helpful. Um, if you don't have a Mac, you have Windows. We really like NVDA, uh, which is free and open source. So anyone can download it and install it. It only works on Windows. Um, and, and then you want to go through your website doing that exact same process, but you want to listen to what the screen reader says to you, because sometimes you'll, you'll realize, Oh, this is weird or it doesn't make sense. Um, and, and then, you know, either, Oh, I need to correct my alt or um, one thing that's interesting. We see sometimes uh, like on filters, I know you were talking to all about filters, yeah but sometimes if there's filter changes, you might notice if it's Ajax, that it interrupts you because it'll say something really weird and that could be confusing to a screen reader user because it'll uh, say something while it's changing the results
0: uh, um, and what you're
2: trying to hear. Um, or like sliders sometimes can, can do weird things with screen readers. So you want to hear what it says and try and think if I were navigating my website and hearing this would i know what i was doing bonus points is if you turn your monitor off (laughs) or you cover it you know and you actually do it without seeing but sometimes it's helpful to to know where you are and see as you're testing
1: so well makes me want to do this with you know the store that um that is almost finished building uh tabbing through i've heard people think people tell me, you know, once I've tried this, people that are also getting into ex- accessibility and I said, wow, it was really like a world opening up to them once they started just tabbing through a page, for example, you know, because it's so—it's pretty alien to people who are not disabled. You know, they might have n- never tried it and you immediately understand it a lot better. And also to have conversations with people who are disabled. I mean, my mother is deaf, so... I have some understanding from that side when it comes to things like captions and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited to try some of these things out and also recommend the the tool to some clients because not everybody has now a budget to hire an expert, but they can make a start in the right direction with, with a plugin like that. Right.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that was That was our goal with the plugin. It was twofold. One is giving back to the community a little bit and making it easier for people that don't have the budget to go pay for a full accessibility audit. Um, But also, you know, as we're launching websites that we know are accessible, we wanted to create a tool that would allow our clients who are not accessibility experts to try and maintain the accessibility as they're adding or editing content. And on that note, I will say... um, Especially with e commerce. So, the last numbers I saw was that in 20, 2020, there were over 3,500 lawsuits, and 78% of them were against e commerce businesses. Wow. So, in the United States. So, it's really important. <laughs> Accessibility is, is really important. But the other thing that is important is you're, if you're a developer or an agency, is that you need to teach your clients how to use these tools and and whether it's our plugin or not um, it is really helpful for a client to know if they're going to be maintaining their own website after you launch it they should know how to do screen reader testing and how to do keyboard testing and and you have to build that into whatever training process you have with your clients as they are you hand off the website you want to say to them you know like if you have built one that's successful for them, they have to know how to keep it accessible. And so there needs to be some sort of training in there on how to do these basic things. Um, so they're not afraid to do it and it sort of demystifies it a little bit. Um, and then on the audit thing, I will say like, that's the other thing not to go too much commercially, but we have been trying um, like we're, in the process of rolling out, we do rapid audits. So it's just like smaller pages. And we're trying to figure out ways to make it more affordable for small businesses, because my ultimate goal is I want, I want every website to be accessible, but I think, you know, we have to be realistic and not everyone can pay $15,000 for an accessibility audit and no fixes. Right. And so that's really what our goal as a company is trying to figure out how we can make this more, more affordable and more accessible to all businesses.
0: Totally makes sense. And, you know, I've been leaning towards getting your, your pro version and putting it on my site. And, And you know, it's like, okay, I know that I'm going to have to do it when I have some time because if I run it and there's things coming up, I'm going to get all stressed if I don't deal with them. I, I do have that on my list to do. But one of the things I, I thought was interesting what you said about how a The lawsuits on e-commerce sites are higher and it's got to be that frustration because I mean, when you're reading, okay, somebody goes and reads, you know, something on my site. Okay. If they get something goes sideways. Okay. Yeah. That kind of irritates me. I'm off to do something else. But when you want to buy something. And you, it's, it, and maybe this is a place you want to buy it. And there's that frustration that hits you. That's a lot different. And that's why you said exactly why it's so important with e-commerce sites, because there's a there's a whole different thing going on there.
2: It, think about last year with COVID. Uh, you know, so many of us were I'm, my grandma started online shopping for the first time last year. Right. Like she'd never wow. done it ever. Yeah. I even remember our kids would have an online fundraiser and she would mail them a check. She would not contribute to the, she's like, I don't put my credit. I don't ever do that. Right. But, but we, the whole world entered a situation where all of a sudden e-commerce is hugely important. I think I saw it was like 78% spike or something. It was huge spike in e-commerce last year. So of course, like um, that, you know, it makes it even more important and probably certain people with disabilities that might have challenges on websites may also have health conditions that make it even riskier for them to go shop in a store. Um, So I think that's, you know, another driver behind that as well. But you're, you're right, Bob, like, it's definitely Purchasing something and having the intent to make a purchase makes it a lot more important than, you know, if it was like if they came to my personal blog to read about me, (laughs) like, it'd be like, well, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, imagine like wanting to buy groceries, for example, for your family and you can't. It must be hugely frustrating. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely makes a difference and you're right. I think a lot of people are going to continue those habits too. I mean, I I've, I've picked up on buying more on Amazon just because of the convenience and now it's like I'm not going to go back, you know, I'm not going to go and go to the mall or anything. This is just too easy. I can just do it from my, you know, office, have it delivered, good to go. So, well, I know we could talk about this um a long time, you know, and we we'll probably have to have you back sometime to um going to version two of this, but, uh, yeah, this has been good stuff. I mean, you really dug in and I I like the, you, you really walked through a lot of the steps and especially for people that are just getting their sites up and, you know, a lot of our, and I think it's a great, uh, message to our audience builders, they can understand it more and understand the importance and convey that more to their clients. Just as Noelle was saying, she was all curious. She wants to get into this. She wants to be able to tell their clients this is why this is so critical. And the, and I think you supplied some really good reasons there to, um, you know, to give that a good thought. So so excellent stuff. And, yeah, and speaking of your plug-in and all the groovy stuff you have going on, where can people find you and find, a, you know, your plug-in and connect with you personally, or if they want to reach out to you?
2: Yeah. So we are um, equalized digital.com is the website. We actually just last week started a Facebook group, WordPress accessibility. Um, so you can find that. And that's a good place if you want to just get started and connect with other people. It's kind of small right now, but we're hoping to grow it. Um, So those are probably the two best places to get in touch with me. Cool.
0: Well, alrighty. Well, I think we are going to wrap up and yeah, I'd just like to thank our sponsors one more time. PayPal community sponsor has your clients covered with fraud and seller protection a lot more with their streamlined commerce platform. Check that out. Nexus gives you a 14 day free trial of their managed WooCommerce hosting. You just head on over to go.nexus.net, do the Woo.net, To get started. And of course, WooFunnels. uh, Keep your clients, you know, they they got some great CRM solutions, some funnel solutions for your WordPress site. We're talking about this. And on top of all that, keep it accessible. So that's, I think, the bottom line here. Uh, First of all, Noel, you made it through number two show. I'm, I'm hopeful that you will be able to stick with me here. And <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on board to the team of volunteers.
1: It's been wonderful so far, Bob. I hope many more. And Amber, thanks so much for being here. I mean, I learned a lot and I'm sure that our listeners have as well. Thank you. Thanks for
2: having me. It's fun.